Time for some rum and cola for the soul with your host, Cindy Fell Cool. A lady who isn't good at being religious, but she thinks Jesus is awesome. Hi guys, welcome to the relaunch of my podcast. I'm honored that you're listening. And guys, I just got to be straight up and tell you, I'm really weird. I mean, especially when it comes to church. There's just something about me. I just can't stand fakeness and uptightness. And when I'm around it, something just trips in my brain and it's just suddenly flooded with inappropriateness and offensive comments. I really do try to hold these things back, but oh my goodness, the worst for me was probably doing mom's groups because as a young mom, I was battling anxiety and depression and I was so insecure, and when I would go to mom's groups, it always felt like it was just this gathering of extremely with it moms who humble bragged and told all these stories where they were trying to act like they had problems, but they weren't real problems. And I was just like, what world are you guys living in? Because that's not my experience at all. And so as I would sit there, I would listen to all these stories and that thing in my brain would always (laughs) trip. And I really wanted to have friends and I wanted to relate to people. But that thing just always happened to me when I was in mom's groups. And like one time I, I was visiting a mom's group It was like all these super perfect moms from the church, but they had invited the community in and they're just all the church moms are just sharing and sharing all these stories. And I'm sitting there and that thing in my brain was being tripped. And finally, this woman shared a story. Her story went something like this. She said, the other day, I was trying to get little Timmy ready to go to school, and he threw such a temper tantrum, and he threw off all his clothes and went running down the hall and flailed on the floor and started banging his head on the floor and just screaming about how he didn't want to go to school. And it was so bad, it made me late, and I was afraid that when I got to the spa, that Janine wasn't going to have time to do my manicure and pedicure and get a massage in before I had to pick him up. And it was really bad. (laughs) And so she shares this story and I'm like, you've got time to go to the spa. And that thing in my brain had tripped. And honestly, like right on the heels of her sharing that story, I jumped in and I don't know where this came from. (laughs) I said, oh my gosh, I can completely relate to that. And then I said, yeah, the other day, I didn't want to go to work and I was feeling so pressured. There really is something to that throwing your clothes off and running around screaming. It is totally freeing. I don't recommend the hitting your head on the floor part because it gave me such a headache. (laughs) And I told this story like completely straight faced. I didn't even have a job at the time. I don't know why I told that story. Half of the women in the room were hysterically cracking up at me. And then the church ladies were like, um, they didn't even know what to do with that. And I don't know. I don't know why that delighted me. And it's probably wrong and I should repent. But the thing that happened that reinforces that is all these people came to me later and shared stories with me about things that they were struggling with. And I just really love it when people are real about their stories. So (laughs) that weird thing in my brain that trips, 
It's been so reinforced by people just opening up to me. And people tell me a lot of times they'll be like, oh, you're so brave. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it's brave. I think it's more I'm easily bored, easily amused, and I have ADD and I don't like people being fake. So there's probably some noble stuff in there too. But I think there's also this part of me that's an obnoxious jerk that enjoys messing with people. And guys, I'm just serious. Jesus has done a lot of work with me, (laughs) and that's not even my worst story. My absolute worst story is totally not, this is definitely not my most inappropriate story, (laughs) because I'm not going to share that one with you. I don't even know what that would be. But this is definitely the story where I shocked the largest group of church women. And just to be fair, I was trying to hold back and they begged me to share. So it's pretty much their fault. See, I went to this women's conference, which is always a questionable thing for me to do. (laughs) But I'm at this conference and they had us all break up into small groups so we could share. (laughs) And we're sitting in this room with like 20 Christian women that I didn't know. And this super shiny woman And that's what I call these people that are so perfect. They seem to kind of glow and you think maybe it's their halo or something. And when I'm around them, I just always really want to mess up their hair. (laughs) So anyway, this super shiny woman comes in and she says she wants us all to share about a time when we were hurt by a Christian. And nobody said anything. They all just sat and looked at her. And I was sitting there thinking, for sure, lady, you do not want me to open up that can of worms. But... (laughs) Then this shiny lady made the fateful decision of asking me, Cindy, you haven't shared anything. Do you have a time when you've been disappointed or hurt by someone who called themselves a Christian? And (laughs) she said it, and that thing in my brain tripped. And all I knew to tell you about my response is I call it verbal vomit because I just spewed out a whole bunch of stuff I'd been holding inside, and it was not pretty. (laughs) I started with abuse I had experienced as a kid. I continued to talk about shunning. I talked about the shame culture of the purity movement, racism towards my ESL students, and being told that struggling with mental illness was a sin. And it was bad, (laughs) y'all. I mean, after my verbal vomit, there was this awkward silence where women in the room were all looking at each other. They're looking at the floor. They're looking at the ceiling. They're desperately looking at the shiny lady, just hoping somebody's going to rescue us from the extreme awkwardness of the moment. (laughs) And finally, the shiny lady just looks at me and she said, how are you still a Christian? And I immediately replied, because I know that none of that is what Jesus is like. And if you think about it, it's really kind of funny or sad. I mean, I'm going to go with funny because I like funny. But it was it's funny that that was her question, because we were at a retreat where we were going to be talking about church hurt. And then I laid out this array of 30 years of seeing Christians being jerks, and she didn't know what to say. She was like, um, I don't have a response for that, which is kind of crazy. And I think she was prepared to give a defense of Christianity based on the behaviors of other Christians. But when we are faced with the behaviors of so many Christians behaving badly, 
I think it leaves all of us asking the question, why is anyone a Christian? Nothing makes me personally doubt my faith more than the behavior of other people who call themselves Christians, and also, honestly, the overall American church culture. It's not just the things that I've personally experienced. It's also the things that people like you tell me. And I know that some of you have been deeply hurt by people who call themselves Christians. Some of you have been abused by church people, and some of you have been shamed by the culture of church people. Some of you have been absolutely hated by church culture because of your sexual identity or your gender identity. And others of you have put up with disrespect your entire life because you were taught to live up to an unattainable standard. And some of you have always felt like second-class citizens in God's kingdom simply because of your gender. And the list of atrocities being done in the name of religion goes on and on. And as you consider your own disappointments, those of people around you, and the abuses we've all heard about in the news, we all have to wonder, why are any of us still Christians? How do you know that's not how Jesus acted when it sure seems to be the way his followers act? And here's the deal, y'all. I know that all that hurt I've experienced from church people and all the atrocities that I've read about and the things that you guys tell me and the things I've witnessed, I know that Jesus wasn't like that because I read the Bible and I know what Jesus did. And I know that Jesus empowered women and I know that he stood for justice. I know that he constantly preached against hypocrisy. He taught us to examine our own hearts and to actually become better people. And he freed people from shame and he forgave people and empowered them to overcome their guilt. And he dismantled every single religious belief that said some people were better than others. And guys, even the extra biblical accounts of Jesus affirm that Jesus was all about empowering people. And we may not ever agree on every single doctrinal issue, but even the most cynical doubter can see that the abuses I've outlined so far do not align with what Jesus taught. And what he did. But there's still this big glaring disconnect of what Jesus taught and how people who call themselves Christians act. And if you're like me, that really bothers you a lot. We know that he did all these great things, but what do we do with that mess of how so many people act? None of this is new. In Jesus's day, people were dealing with an extremely abusive religious system and Jesus had a whole lot to say about it. And one of my favorite things that he said about it was when an expert in the Mosaic law came to ask Jesus what he should do to be saved. And it's crazy because basically this guy just sat around and studied rules all day and made sure everybody kept them. And he says, how do I know if I'm good enough? And where should my focus be? And Jesus gave this amazing answer for just sorting through all the mess of abusive religious systems and showing us exactly where our focus needs to be. And that exchange went like this. The expert in the Jewish law came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what's the most important commandment? 
In other words, this guy was saying, hey, what's the gist of what I need to do to be a part of God's kingdom? And Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And that's from Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And Jesus was basically saying, guys, it's all about loving God and loving other people. And then we know that Jesus sacrificed himself and somehow through that sacrifice became an offering for us so that we could have power to pursue that immeasurable love that Jesus demonstrated. Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And he gives us this incredibly beautiful and powerful description of what Jesus' love is like. What Paul says in this description clearly separates Jesus and his love from the church abuse that we have been talking about. In these verses, Paul says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And that's so cool, y'all. And get this, Paul was writing those verses to people who were already believers. And he prayed that we would have power from God to understand just how completely, unbelievably amazing Jesus' love is. He described it as surpassing all knowledge. That's so mind-blowing, guys. Jesus' love is a love that we can learn to live in, we can grow in our knowledge of, and we can be completely changed by it, but we can never fully comprehend it. And I'm not kidding or trying to sound like I'm super shiny, but I've been following Jesus for a long time, and I've been reading the Bible since I was a kid, and there are still times that I just go, wow, this is just crazy awesome. So yeah, I know that none of those things I talked about earlier represent Jesus because I know what he did, and I know a little bit of his love that surpasses knowledge. And guys, I want you to hear this. I want to, I wish I could just come to your house and go, guys, this is so awesome. I really want you to know that it is knowing that none of that abuse represents Jesus that fills me with so much hope and makes me still want to follow him. Because when we know what he did, we see a love worth following and pursuing. And when we think about all the abuse in church culture, the answer isn't in finding better Christians or focusing on the good ones. It's in looking at what Jesus demonstrated. Jesus wouldn't have been worried about how to maintain our broken system. He spent his time empowering victims and demonstrating how much God absolutely loves them. And that's what we should be about. Can you imagine how differently people would view Christianity if we were known for being like Jesus? If we were known for constantly growing in our love of God and others? I mean, how cool would it be to be part of a Christian community that had a reputation of 
those crazy people over there, and they really love other people. We can form those kinds of communities, and we can grow together with other believers and live in a transformational love that rises above the current church culture and shows the world that Jesus is not like any of that abuse we have seen. And it begins with knowing him. And knowing him begins with reading his story. In my next few podcasts, I'm going to be sharing with you some of my insights on how I read the Bible. But for right now, I hope you're excited about the why. I hope you are beginning to imagine what it would look like if we all took our eyes off of the mess of American church culture and began to look at what Jesus did. I hope you want to know what he's like. And my challenge for you right now is to go start reading the book of Luke from the Bible and look for the love that Jesus demonstrated in every story. (laughs) And don't obsess on some deep theology like, you know, what kind of sandals was Jesus wearing right there? Just ask yourself, how does this story demonstrate love? Then spend some time thinking about how freaking amazing that is. God in flesh was walking around, spending all of his time demonstrating love to people. And guys, that's it. That's what it's all about. So if you do go back and read those stories and you start focusing on this, I hope you'll be as excited as I am about it. And I would love to hear from you. I love hearing your stories. I love hearing what you guys find in the Bible when you're reading it. So all my contact info is on my website, RomanColaForTheSoul.com. And you'll also find a transcript of this podcast there. And also, I want you guys to know that I'm starting a private online community for people who are recovering from church hurt and people who want to grow in this love of Jesus. So if you're interested, send me your email address and I'll send you an invitation. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope your soul has been energized and also calmed like it just had some rum and cola.